welcome for joining. Could you briefly introduce yourself? Like, what is your research area? Okay. Hi, my name is Alex Benitez, and I am currently studying uh, and researching harmful algal blooms on the public health aspect. And I'm currently evaluating, developing my thesis proposal. Um, yeah, and I'm looking and studying to see what the vulnerable populations that live near the Great Lakes and do kind of a comparison among the different types of lakes within Great Lakes. And yeah, it's what I have so far. Okay, does that, um, is that different? So the Great Lakes, is that different from like algae blooms and other parts of the country or world? Or yes. like what makes them special? It makes them special because, well, because they're lakes, because they're freshwater lakes. And it's something that um, in a lot of papers I could, well, I mean, when you look at the Toledo water crisis, it's something that is greatly talked about. And that's when like the Habs were, something that people knew more about, but beforehand they didn't. So I think that um, emphasis and focus is actually essential for the, for the study, you know? And compared to other international ways and international waters, there are a lot of um, unknown um, causes of why these toxins are harmful and why they produce these cyanotoxins that, you know, can harm people and animals and habitats. Because it's crazy, it's just a lot. And actually recently I found out that in Puerto Rico, there are harm harmful algal blooms and no one's talking about it. And it's, you know, we depend a lot on fish and it's actually, fun fact, it's on the west side of the island where there's more predominantly like algae presence, um, like harmful algal blooms presence. And that's where they mostly fish. Like there's a lot of people that fish that area. So it's like, huh, why hasn't that been talked about, you know? Okay, oh, okay. So it's more that because there's not, like fish to eat up the algae, is that it? Or like? It's just, it could affect the food chain. There isn't like a hundred percent, you know, um, there's a lot of speculation, but the fish can actually take up type, the, uh, the toxins that are being liberated because of like throughout the algae. So it's very okay. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> very complicated. So how do you end up in the, in studying algae blooms to begin with? That's a really great question because I did not expect to study harmful moves. I was a teacher in Puerto Rico. I had I was working and finishing up my last semester of my bachelor's degree doing my capstone project, um, which I probably will tell you later about in detail. But right now, um, uh, to answer the question, I got into an interview in my in the University of Puerto Rico where I was doing my bachelor's degree, and at the same time I was doing I was teaching and whatnot, and I got in an interview. And they recruited me and they said, you know, like, what are your interests? And I, by that time, I wasn't 100% sure of my interest itself, but I really liked public health. I, I was, I graduated from environmental science and interdisciplinary studies. Um, I did pre-med requisites. So I had all these things and I said, okay, what options do I have? Because I don't want to go to med school. I, I just didn't want to go to med school, <laughs> but I love the public health aspect. I love education. I love researching. And I fell in love with research since I was in my first year of bachelor's um, when I did computer science research on Python programming. And it was just it's crazy. Yeah. So I guess that's how I got the opportunity of coming here to Michigan in, in you know, the spring semester when it's snow. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Are you so? Are you a master's student or a PhD student? 
master's master's student and this is my second semester of my first year oh okay okay yeah. cool what are your so okay so that's really cool that you got into this you know that way well, what yeah. do you have current plans like post this like do you have some vision of like what you want to do or is it still can't plan it but you're yeah i'm honestly right now experiencing i'm taking in all the interest i have because I love everything and that's my problem like I have to narrow down the results but I'm loving how everything's like coming together um, especially here in Michigan I learned about uh, community engagement and I think that's awesome and I love that and I've, it's actually helped me a lot develop my communication strategies which is something I hope to implement in my study um, I want to do a communication campaign and I'm working on collaboratively with Hispanic network community communication network HCN yeah uh to talk about like how to distribute that information of harmful algal blooms particularly with people that are bilingual for example and are they are receiving the same amount of information and where and that's something that I'm also like wondering and speculating so anyways community engagement helped me a lot um like talking to Diane Dobernick honestly is just amazing it's just really really great and human dimensions as well so yeah i'm taking a lot of things as i go and i definitely know that my interests um are public is public health for sure now what i'm gonna do with it well i have no idea <laughs> but i feel like there's gonna be a lot of opportunities um you know coming my way as i keep going you know yeah yeah that makes sense so like that's how we met because we're also like i we're both doing the community engagement certificate. How did you even come across the certificate program to begin with? I spoke to Diane uh, my first time visiting MSU, like last year, because before you, I got enrolled and accepted, I got to sit down and like get interviewed like by different like professors and whatnot. And that's when Diane told me about um, the outreach community engagement program or certificate and I kept I kept it in my head like I was like wow this is really interesting so the first semester I totally had forgotten because I was so overwhelmed with everything just being new and just moving away from my family and but then yeah it was something I I had just known about since before I got here <laughs> oh, okay oh that's that's super cool yeah because I just found out because my advisor like stumbled upon it and be like well, I don't know. This sounds kind of interesting. Maybe you should check it out. <laughs> That's really cool, though. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's kind of like go back. So you you grew up in Puerto Rico, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So and you went to what was it? University of Puerto Rico? Is that what you said? Yeah. There's yeah. There's different universities within the island that are called University of Puerto Rico, but mine was Rio Piedras, which is near San Juan area. I mean, it it is in San Juan, located. Okay. So yeah. what, what did you actually study there? Uh, environmental science, bachelor's degree in environmental science with interdisciplinary studies and pre-med requisites. Like you could do all those three things um, along your, your program, but it was a really difficult um, public, um, public education system. Cause it's just, it's just been so much trouble. We ended up having strikes. We ended up having hurricane Maria happening. Mm. We ended yeah. up having so much like, it's seeing me graduating and receiving my bachelor's degree was the most like the hardest thing I've done so mm -hmm. far that I could say, you know what, I can get through this and <laughs> COVID, it's okay, we're gonna get through yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can get through like a bunch of other, you know, disasters or yeah. other sort of things that like, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. More than six months without electricity. Okay, I can do this. Like it's, it was insane. 
Bryant. It was insane. Wow. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I can't even imagine. That was that was like, how did you? So was it like, uh, how was like the community kind of like help to overcome this? Was that like at least like everyone yeah. together? And yeah, I was actually really impressed because. I don't know how how it works here in the states but at least in puerto rico and from where i grew up um it's like a closed gated community um it's like an urban urbanized area and the point is that we don't have a lot of neighbors that are like close like we see each other and we talk and like hey what's up but we don't really like approach them or knock on their doors and say hey do you need bread do you need anything are you okay and i saw that collaboration after like hurricane maria hit and it was just like we didn't have um uh energy plants like those that mm. yeah so we yeah. had to like our neighbor helped us like a switch so we could at least connect like the the refrigerator and mm -hmm. i used a uh, rice cooker to heat my milk for my coffee thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> i did so many creative things but it, i really saw the community like honestly just coming together i ended up like meeting the children like throughout across the street and setting up a mini babysitting <laughs> you know projects and community it was really cool like i really liked it because of the unity of course what happened was devastating and i would mm -hmm. not you know wish it upon anybody but the fact that you know we helped each other throughout like our tough times like it says a lot about the community is it still recovering you know a lot from from the hurricane is it back depends to normal -ish, maybe area. yeah it depends on the area because after the hurricane there were earthquakes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious. It's just been one thing after another after another. Um, in the south of Puerto Rico, there's still a lot of children and a lot of like public schools that have, were closed down and not reopening again. And a lot of houses being destroyed after the earthquakes, like they weren't built safely or maybe because it was such a hard earthquake, um, the structures were just completely like fall apart. So there's a lot of people still recovering through the earthquake, Hurricane Maria itself. I can't tell you right now if there's... And I think you froze. Hold on. Oh, oh wait, there you go. Yeah. You're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my internet connection is stable. Sometimes it good, it's good, sometimes it's just bad. Yeah. Did you hear, did you hear the, what I said? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, cut out a little bit of like, oh, the, the earthquakes and then it stopped. <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know what where else to where do we leave off? <laughs> Zoom is um, just been, yeah, it's been a trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so when you did that have so like the, you know, the earthquakes and hurricanes, all that. So you know, those are big mm -hmm. environmental things. The does just like living in Puerto Rico have any influence on why you decide to go into like the environmental sciences, or is that just like kind of coincidence? both i ended up loving studying that because i had always had the mentality of studying biology and i wanted to originally study biology but then i realized biology is not my passion and i really am interested in environmental science since day one of taking the introduction of environmental science with a really 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 great and well-known professor um in the island it's called professor molinelli and he actually, in fact, like warned us about earthquakes before they even occurred because he's uh, he's just so well known um, geo geologist like 
the guy has a bunch of like known like things. And then he, he has this, our particular famous course, Brian, where there's over a hundred students. They all attend, right? And mm -hmm. they all just sit down and listen to his awesome speech. Cause it's like a really famous known speech that he does at the beginning of the semester on the first class. And he's like, it all started with a boom. And like, everyone's <laughs> like, this is like, whoa, like, what is this? Like, I need to know more. And he talks about, you know, like the different, you know, climate change and Puerto Rico's like infrastructure and and like it's just amazing and so yeah ever since i i found out about environmental environmental science i was like wow this is an option i don't have to do pre-med i don't have to like do pre-vets because i feel like that's a huge pressure that they put a lot of young people especially when you're graduating from high school that you have to be like a lawyer a doctor like you mm -hmm. can't be another thing like i want to be a scientist they're like oh honey <laughs> you know like <laughs> so yeah it's been i really think that yeah i really had the passion since since the beginning of my year bachelor's degree. Okay, that's super cool. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like in one, I think in general, there are like so many options of things you can do, but you only ever think of like the same six things of like, I'm gonna be a medical doctor, a lawyer, or, you know, something like that. And then even the sciences, it's like the big ones, like chemistry or biology. That's like- yeah. <laughs> And yeah. it's like so much out there. <laughs> Absolutely. And I said, wow, sacrificing myself for four years to study something I don't like. No, like that's not, that's not an option. So yeah, as soon as I took environmental science, I said, this is it. And I just continued doing research. I started doing with uh, computer science on doing a DNA sequencing on Python programming. I didn't know anything about Python programming, Brian. <laughs> I was like, I don't, this is a huge new language for me. Mm -hmm. But luckily like Code Academy helped me out like understand the basics and stuff and books, lots of books. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I am not great at, well in general programming, I'm not very good at, but it was like the first time I learned Python for like a research span, I was like, it was, it was a trip getting through it. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> you didn't have to take coding, right? You don't have to take any of those classes for, for your bachelor's degree, right? I mean, um, right? I did. Yeah, no, but <laughs> okay, okay. I took like one semester and then I'm like, I'll never need to do that again. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Rip off the band-aid. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But I, then I realized, you know, I had the pressure of being, of studying med because of my parents. Like, you know, there's, it's sad to say, but it's true. Like they want us to do the best and they want us to be, you know, in a good position for our future professional life. And that's wonderful. But, you know, having the pressure of saying you have to go to med school, it's just like, uh, no pressure, but, and it's super competitive in Puerto Rico because it's the prices um, to enroll in med school are way cheaper compared to the States. The States, the States is super expensive to go to med school. Mm -hmm. um, but not the point. The point is that I, I ended up doing my second research was working in a hospital, like working in multiple hospitals in Puerto Rico, where I got to do Zika. You know what Zika, the, the mosquito? Oh, yeah. Well, we did a intraurine assessment of Zika, which basically my role, I worked for four years. So I, I kept learning and growing, but I also understood the doctor's perspective. And I, mm -hmm. you know, shadowed an everyday doctor. And that's when I realized, yeah, this isn't what I want. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's very sacrificial, like profession, I admire it, I have deep respects for everyone who's a doctor and wants, to, especially during these times, you know? Yeah, that's not my passion. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. 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 I remember like at one, like when I was younger, 
this I, I grew around this and like like hit high school. I'm like, oh yeah, no, doctor, because that's you know what you go. And they're like, oh, I took biology. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You're right though. Yeah. It's just like mm-mm, not for me. <laughs> There's a lot of squishy, gooey things. I wasn't into that. <laughs> I still think that terranium is something like that needs to be shown in biology, honestly. It is. Like that- I think it's really cool. <laughs> like you can even include like fishes so they can actually naturally clean the tank I was like that's really cool it's awesome but yeah yeah when I was a kid we remember we had to like a costumus or something as you know it goes and you know sucks off the the algae and everything like oh that's kind of (laughs) cool really awesome (laughs) so yeah (laughs) so the the Zika so so actually I saw it because on like your bio or something had something about Zika and this yeah. is just like a question because what is that I don't know much about biology because I took it once in high school and that's it. Um, Zika, that was the one where um, that was like it was big in the Olympics or it was like that's when it was publicized a lot. I, yes. I guess with was the Olympics one. Um, yeah. But now it's just kind of you don't hear about it, but I'm assuming it's not gone, right? It's not. It's definitely not, but you're right. I haven't heard about it in such a long time. There was this boom a couple of years yeah. back where it's like, you got to put mosquito repellent, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, <laughs> like yeah. I, yeah, I don't know why. I didn't know but, if that was just because there's bigger, badder things out there or if it was only because the Olympics were there. And so that's why it was a big deal or not. Yeah, um, that's a good okay. question. Yeah, I but I had such a great time doing my research, Brian. I loved mm-hmm. it so much. And I think that's something that I actually sat down with her because she was technically like my advisor in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, she was telling me how it's just, you know, a sacrifice to be a doctor and it's wonderful, but you know, you have to dedicate your whole life to studying. It's not one mm-hmm. year that you can just say, I'm a doctor, you know, you gotta like, mm-hmm. You know, give it a your all. And I had such a great time doing research in this like particular study because what we did was I did from qualitative like recollection of data. So I interviewed women while they were giving birth, Brian. While they were giving birth, (laughs) I would enter hospitals, I would introduce myself, I would have to put the scrubs on and all of the protocol. I would Mm -hmm. have to like go like follow the like the infirmary, see the I witnessed births, different kinds of births, which was awesome. But my goal for there was like interviewing, um, well, women uh, that were uh, interested in collecting the study. A lot of, it was a lot of interesting approach that you had to do and understand, of course, that they're going through what they're going through. And then I also had to recollect their placenta. So as soon as after they gave birth, I had to recollect the placenta, cut into little pieces, and then I would send it off to lab. It was really cool. Oh, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Very, yeah, it sounds like it was also like a very intense environment. Very bloody, I'll tell you yeah. that. Very bloody. <laughs> but honestly, I was like, wow. I mean, that I that I think that also helped me open opportunities and say, hey, I don't have to go. Well, there's other like you know ideas and ways that you can do research and you can help and you can you know do what you like at the same time of learning new things along the way I guess yeah yeah um so that's really cool that you had like really like hands on like deep involved in like doing something your yeah. current stuff now how like well 
COVID aside, like how hands-on are you really? Are you like out in the field somewhere? Or are you like in a lab just analyzing something? No, well, that's a great question because I was yesterday ranting about this with one of my friends because I honestly, right now, I'm not recollecting data. I'm right now still developing my thesis proposal because I have to defend it by the end of December mm -hmm. with my advisory committee. So I'm really nervous about that. And I haven't sat and thought about the methods I want to approach because I'm a people person. I love interacting with people, especially in person. But now given COVID, I think it's just a huge barrier, you know? I mean, some people perhaps are willing to sit down with mask on and we'll take the natural populations like an older generation. It's going to be difficult. So I'm right now in the process of developing that. And I think, you know, I'm going to consider saying my budget and saying the grant and how much funding I have. I want to do like mail surveys, perhaps maybe Zoom focus groups, maybe one on one interviews that maybe people would be interested in doing. I, I just have to evaluate like my pop, my targeted population of what in, what includes a vulnerable population, you know, and yeah. Yeah, and how to approach that because it's it's COVID honestly took a toll because originally it was going to be in person, but mm -hmm. now given all of the the factors, it's just like well we'll see. Yeah, that'll be for next semester. That'll be recollecting data, so I'm excited. <laughs> Very cool. So, given you know, kind of bouncing off of what you said. Um, you, you sound like you're a very personal person. You like like people and talking and stuff. So how are you like handling the, the COVID situation being cooped up all the time? <laughs> One of my friends wrote to me and she said, I'm, you must be going through such a hard time right now. <laughs> She's like, I know you are such a social person. Hang in there, hang in there. And I'm like, you know what? I, yes, it's been a challenge, but I've actually loved it which is funny like I don't know if I'm just like in between of being an extrovert and an introvert but I think this time was essential for me to like actually look within like do like some you know <laughs> me check and it's been good I really like it I loved it because I've done exercise I'm trying to look for a different outlook I'm trying to read I'm trying to learn more social media I've realized I'm too hooked on my phone so now I have like a timer on my phone because it's just so overwhelming you know especially if you don't have like a reason to go out and you don't get distracted you're mostly inside I had to like put a timer on my phone because I just couldn't there's just too much news too much anxiety that's giving me so I had to look at it from another perspective and I'm I'm still growing I'm still handling the situation calling my friends you know phones work zoom works and you know just adapt just adapt and keep growing. Yeah, yeah, no, it, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging in there. I miss people. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen people. <laughs> yeah, I get you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been very, very similar of like, I, I also recently like deleted the like social media apps like off my phone because I'm like, I just it was just sad and I'm like, I'm just like an endless scroll of, I. Exactly. Yeah. I even questioned, I was like, what's the point? Like, what am I going to get out of this? You know? And it's not like, it's sometimes it's good to have a distraction and it's good to check on your friends. It's not bad, but it's just how far are you willing to like, to refresh your page and, and post things and TikTok, I'm sorry, but TikTok is like hooks. Like at the beginning of the quarantine, I downloaded TikTok and I couldn't, I would spend hours, hours. It's crazy, but it was fun. It was really cool. <laughs> worth it. It was worth it. 
least have like roommates or someone to like converse with <laughs> occasionally. Yes, absolutely. And she's actually from Puerto Rico. So that also oh. is an extra big help. But she's actually finishing her thesis. So she's leaving soon. And this month she's been um, like not with me. So that's why I said, I'm like, I feel like I'm growing as a person because I'm like alone, like for the first time ever. Cause I, I used to not live alone ever. Like in particular, I lived with my parents. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a trip. It's been a trip, <laughs> but it's nice to have at least someone from, you know, that shares my same culture, same like language and we can like express how things are going it's it's yeah. much needed how have you handled the transition from moving to puerto rico to michigan because i imagine quite different <laughs> brian <laughs> the weather that's the biggest yeah. for me i i had an episode where i was super sad and i was so strong like i struggled a lot especially now after COVID hit because i was i only had like three months of experience on campus as soon as i got here and then COVID struck so you know it is what it is I think the weather was the biggest challenge for me because I, I had to adapt, you know, Puerto Rico, it's super hot always. Like you don't have mm -hmm. to wear jackets. You don't have to wear extra leggings or, you know, whatever. And it was, it's good though. I really liked the change because I feel like it made me understand a little bit more that there are other places <laughs> besides <Yeah>. an <laughs> island, you know, <laughs> and the culture. Okay. So I answer me this, please. I need to know is is Michigan considered Midwestern? Okay, I don't know. I'm going to have controversial opinions about this, but <laughs> remember, our, remember our workshop with Diana? They said Michigan is in Midwestern. I'm like, what? What? Like, yes. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't understand. People, it's in, first of all, it's in an Eastern time zone. <laughs> so I don't understand how. Yeah. West is anywhere in the name. The geographical center of the U.S. or at least the continental U.S. is like in Kansas somewhere. So I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> but I they agree. told me that. Yeah, they told me like, well, welcome to the Midwestern area or something, and I'm like, welcome to the Midwest, and I'm like, Michigan's Midwest. I'm I'm in the Midwest, really. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I. Yeah. No. I. I argue, I think at best it is Mideast. Right, so I'm going to throw out new words. Okay, I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think you could, like West Coast, I get that, you know, Washington, Oregon, California. I'm like, cool, mm -hmm. that. I'm good with that being West Coast. I, I'm originally from like Arizona and then I lived in Colorado for like most of my life. Um, and actually, like this weekend, I'm going back to Arizona for like a couple months. That is so cool. <laughs> it is I on hate my the cold. List. Okay, yeah, same. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so like that's Southwest. And I'm like, Colorado, I'm like, I consider us Western ish. We're closer. We're not like West Coast, but I'm like, I, I will call that a Midwest zone. Now, like, we're west of the center, <laughs> but we're not on the coast. That's the true Midwest like to me. <laughs> and then I'm like, you have Mid East and then you have East. And I'm like, that's, that's how we should. And Michigan is just like, there. There. <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to describe Michigan. It's just there. <laughs> there. Yes. I, I love that. I think I'm going to go with that. Where, where are you? Just there. There. Just Michigan. <laughs> but I dream of going to Arizona. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. And New Mexico. That's like my top two, like for sure. I have to like go. I have to. Nice. Yes. Um, yes. I've been to New Mexico many of times as well as Arizona and all over. Yeah. 
it's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's snowing right now in Colorado. I didn't even know how much snow Colorado has. I, I really oh. did not know that. The weather in Colorado is like, I'll say this once again, emphasize, I do not like the cold. <laughs> um, like Michigan, they have actual seasons, which is, is different. I never lived anywhere they actually had seasons before. Oh, okay. Even like okay. Colorado, it's like summer, winter, but it fluctuates between the two like every week. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> so I remember it was like October or September or something like this year. It was a hundred degrees one day. And then it was like two days later, it snowed. And it was just like, that's just how it is. Oh my goodness. Like climate <laughs> from like, change also though, like for real. Yeah. <laughs> like from September to May, that's, that's just how it is. No, that's crazy. So oh my goodness. It's emotionally taxing because <laughs> you can't. You're like, how do I feel today? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I could wear shorts in January. But then I remember like in May, it was like the second day of summer school at, at university. And it had a snow day because it snowed. <laughs> what? That is the most weirdest, bizarre thing I've ever heard. But I, but for me too, though, Michigan, it was the first time I ever witnessed seasons changing. I always saw it on TV. I always saw it on movies. And I'm like, yeah. that's cute. But now it's like, whoa, that's really awesome. I love <laughs> fall. Like I identify with fall. Like I really like it because of the leaves changing and the weather yeah. today. Awesome. Like 70s, like what? So yeah, but they told me that last year, like uh, Michigan weather and the 31st of October, it started snowing. So it just also fluctuates, fluctuates a lot. Yeah, I'm actually like surprised, I, I said here, I've lived here one year. So like, I have no reference of how Michigan is. But <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of surprised that it's like warm this late because you always think of Michigan, Mideast, um, it's North. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it should be cold all the time, but really it's a slow transition, it seems like. Yeah. And it's really cool to see leaves coming. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad that it, you've also you've also had your time like expansion throughout Michigan and change and <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, the yeah. weather is something. It's just something, you know. Yeah. But I bought rain boots, which is awesome. I feel really cool. I was like, wow, I should have bought rain boots a long time ago because in Puerto Rico it rains and floods everywhere. So I'm really excited about my rain boots and my rain jacket. I'm just like, I'm ready to take on <laughs> whatever weather there's got. What else you got? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's like other thing. Like where I'm from, like it almost never rains. <laughs> like Arizona, it never rains. But like even Colorado, like it's dry most of the time. Oh, it's like that's why wow. it's on fire all the time. <laughs> but it's weird to be someplace that has humidity. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. I understand a hundred percent. It's crazy. Yeah. You probably don't even think Michigan's humid though. Like I came here and I'm like, oh, it's so humid here. And then like, I know someone's for like from Florida. They're like, it's not humid. Dude, yeah. Florida. Oh my goodness. The same thing. It's just the same thing. But Florida has been changing weather a lot too. I don't know. It's just been crazy everywhere that like, you go. The, the, everything's changed. Like Turkey um, experiencing recently the huge earthquake and then the wildfires in California and then all of this in COVID and then the global pandemic and then during the elections and you're just like watching all of this media and watching all of this news, you can't do anything about it. You know, you can probably yeah. donate, you can probably inform yourself more, but you physically 
like can't do anything so it's just like so much to like take in but you have to accept like yeah you gotta like I gotta yeah. calm down <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's really overwhelming because it's like like you said like we as a group can do something but like you as an individual like it's very it can be overwhelming or like because it feels like you can't do much or like how much can you actually do yeah absolutely that's why I like the few social media things I did I started adding like following um baby animal like like picture accounts just because I like I need some happiness in my life (laughs) oh dude I'm gonna do that (laughs) show me some like pictures of baby furry cows or something like I just (laughs) that's awesome I love that I'm so doing that (laughs) (laughs) like I just need I need something to make me feel better and that makes me feel better Absolutely. I've been following accounts as well that have like positive messages or this one is so cool. It's called So You Want to Talk About on Instagram and it gives you a a bunch of topics. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's like you want to talk about this election. You want to talk about blah, 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 like wildfires Mm -hmm. in California. It gives you like super diverse topics. But one of them that really helped you was like ways to curb your anxiety. And it just gives you like all of these suggestions that you maybe have thought about, but you never really considered doing them, you know, like, oh, put your phone down. You're like, yeah, I'm going to put my phone down. Okay. Like it said, like meditate, like go outside and take a walk, you know, like actually exercise, dance in your kitchen, like do random things that you would think I wouldn't do that. But then you're like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to take this back. Like I'm going to probably try new things yeah but yeah so when you were um I would say in undergrad or even now we'll do both um okay so you did research and you were a part of uh and you're doing school and stuff were you part part of like any clubs or activities or like what were your hobbies outside of actual school itself so Brian, you're gonna hear about this, okay? This is a okay. this is a dark time wait. for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually originally going to, um, you know how you have you go to high school and you're like, you there's two there's two types of things that you do in high school. Either you perceive what you really originally wanted, which is like I want to be no. an actor, and then mm-hmm. or you do what you your you know your family wants you to do or whatever you think is like correct or right to do right because I feel like they give you this option of saying you know study what you want but they don't really give you like a reality check beforehand at mm-hmm. least that's my personal experience I don't know about like other people's experience but I've like with my friends I've I've felt this kind of you know like moment of shared shared moment anyways so I wanted to study literature Hispanic literature like Hispanic American literature and so that's my hobby I like to read I like to write and I joined a lot of people that like to read that love to write that actually were specializing in that bachelor's degree I even considered doing a dual bachelor's degree it's just the time it was going to be like over eight years or seven years depending on like mm-hmm. the situation especially with Hurricane Maria and then the strikes happening like it was gonna take me forever to graduate if I did the dual bachelor's degree. So that's why I didn't consider it. But I did took electives. I took um, French class as something that I'm still currently learning and I really wanna like do better on. Um, I love to dance and culturally there's this dance called bomba and it's actually like from like our roots that come, it comes, it's a, yeah, it comes from our roots. So that helped me a lot too, to meet new people and, you know, keep my mind off just like my studies and not have all that pressure of 
of getting an A on organic chemistry. Anyway, <laughs> and um, oh wait, you froze again. No, no, I, Are you I there can with still me? hear you. Hold on. I can, I can hear you. Okay, we're back. There. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> What part did you get left off? <laughs> um, I heard you the entire way. Your video froze, but I could hear everything. Okay, so. perfect. All right, awesome. Um, French class. Okay, so taking French class, we were supposed to do these workshops, right? And there's this little, like, aluminum. It's made out of aluminum. It's like a shed kind of a concept okay. where a lot of the students meet. That was completely destroyed, like crushed after Hurricane Maria. So we didn't even know where to relocate. We had to like practically take classes. We even considered taking classes like in the field, like outside because of the whole infrastructure. Anyway, so I guess reading, writing to answer your question, um, <laughs> learning new languages, spending time with friends with from different majors. Because I think a lot of from my, at least from University of Puerto Rico in Rio Piedras, a lot of People from biology study usually pre-med and they're, they have a type. Like you enter the biology and the science department and you feel the vibe that you're under pressure, that you're like, oh, okay, I'm definitely in the science department. You go to administration and it's like fancy suits and a lot of women with purses and, you know, just like, and then you go to humanities. I think it's called humanities in English, humanidades. And mm -hmm. it's like all like really chill vibes, like very like, ooh, nice and hammocks and um, baking cookies and selling brownies and, you know, like all of that really mm -hmm. cool vibe. So yeah, I got to like meet all of those different majors and it was awesome. That, that's super cool. Yeah, because I, that was something like when, at least when I was an undergrad, I really like, it's like, okay, I was in the physics department, but most of my friends, almost none of my friends were actually in physics. Like all of my friends were in other fields. And I, like, I really enjoyed that. And I know that's like something I've struggled with grad school. Yeah. Now I'm like, I am in physics. I'm only in physics. I'm like, I need to meet people that are not in physics. <laughs> I get you. I absolutely get you. Yeah, yeah. Most of my friends are like hunters and hikers because of fisheries and wildlife. Like they're, they, you know, they specialize and they love nature and I love that about them. But I also want to meet other people from other concentrations. <laughs> it's been interesting. Yes, yes. I get out. Like I, I want to talk about something that is not what I do all the time, always. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Like if you get to a point where you're just like, okay, we've been through this. We've talked about this. Or we talk about the same topics, you know, there's yeah. even more diverse, but it's the same topic. And it's like, okay, no, I, I want a different perspective. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Can we go hiking or something? <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm planning my first hiking trip ever in Michigan on Hawk Island Park. And I am so looking forward to it. Like, I really want to, I want to do, like, I want to see other things, you know, like, especially yes. Michigan has a lot to offer. It's big. It's really big. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had plans for like over the summer, like, oh, it'd be nice to go out and like see see the world. And then it's like, oh no, you can't go outside. <laughs> um like <laughs> I so. Ryan, that sucks, honestly. It's just I feel like COVID has struck a lot of people's research, like people's like original yeah. plans, you know. But in a way, you know, I mean, I just hope that we can recover. But now Christmas is coming and that has me freaking out about a third wave hitting, you know, cause mm -hmm. it's just, it's just been insane. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. So to kind of rat, like tell you about my last recent real research from my bachelor's, 
-huh. I said, okay, environmental science is my passion. Mm -hmm. um, I like public health. How can I tie this with my capstone project? For, because for me, in order to graduate, I need to get a like a capstone project for a whole year. So the first semester you like write all of your drafts, like all of your recollection of data, literature review, your methods, blah, blah, blah. And your second semester, um, you, put, like, you, you put it into action, right? And I saw in a newspaper article like a couple of years back um, that there was a lot of incidents with our agricultural workers in Puerto Rico that were having pesticide incidents. And that's when I was, uh, I said, you know, like, oh, well, this is interesting because there's, um, because we're still like, we're, we're a colony, we're part of the states, we don't have the instruction labels in pesticides in Spanish. We have them no. in English. And that's, I thought that was a barrier. I thought it was, it's something that could influence people from reading it. But then again, who really reads the pesticide labels? I mean, agricultural yeah. workers are supposed to, but do they really? And that was kind of one of the things I studied and examined as well as like, how do they practice if they use the equipment? Do they read beforehand? You know, because a lot of them, they already know the instructions because they were taught through them, but through their like original, like through their first language, which is Spanish. Most of the mm -hmm. articles that I, I, I interviewed. And so, yeah, it was a really cool project. I really loved it. I'm hoping to publish it. I really want to publish it. I am still pending from this one particular, like, scientific, academic, student-friendly place. But I haven't mm -hmm. heard back, so I'm, I'm waiting and seeing. Wow. That's, but, yeah. yeah, that's, that's super, yeah, that's super important. That's super cool that you were doing all of that. Yeah, it's yeah. been, it's, it was actually one of the, I don't know, well, you don't know anyone from the fisheries department, but one of the directors from fishery departments that was in Puerto Rico that they were interviewing me, right, in the process of, um, they talked, they were asking me about my study, right, because that's like kind of the get to know you area, and then they're like, wow, like I told them like, the government should take more action, there's a lot of barriers happening, like there's a lot of chemicals that aren't being like handled well, um people are mixing and matching like pesticides when it shouldn't be that way why aren't there any like stricter regulations about this like it's people's health in hands of their own health like it's in their own hands whatever and then when the director's like you should run for congress <laughs> like what <laughs> i will never forget that i'm like wow you know what maybe <laughs> Oh yeah, I just wanted to play. You got you got the passion, you got the energy to do it. You're like <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alexandra and I'm running for you know, there's a lot of Alexandras, Brian. I don't know if it's our yeah. name or something, but it's just it's giving good I mean, it's just giving us that credit of just standing mm -hmm. for what we believe in. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so I guess like to kind of slowly wrap things up, do you have like any advice or tips that you would give, say like undergrads thinking about going into grad school or you're in grad school and maneuvering through, through it? Those are kind of like two separate ideas, I suppose, but. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, Okay, that's a great question. You got me there, Ryan. Like I've been answering <laughs> all of them just like out of the bat. And now it's like, well, kids, if you have the chance, <laughs> if you have the chance to be whatever you want to be, go for it. That's your dream, you know? Yeah, yeah. You kind of touched on like one of them a little bit of saying, like, oh hey, like there are more than six career paths out there. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. I feel, I mean, I've been telling this to my students because fun fact, I was a high school teacher as well before entering, like for enrolling oh. here. So I gave them advice. I was like, you know, do what you want, you know, because the sad part is you're still going to give in. You're still going to give in through what you think is correct. But I think examining and dipping your toes into different majors, different concentrations also does help you expand your horizons, expand your knowledge and understand what it is that you want to do, you know, and I think grad school definitely takes a toll on that and helps you because it not only requires you to do research and read, you know, and you have to like actually dive in to whatever you're passionate about. And if you're passionate about the subject, like, oh, it'll be 100% easier than, than something that you feel like you have to do. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a wild trip. I don't know. <laughs> Stay in school, kids. <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> yeah, but actually that's something I wanted to comment really quickly here. I've been realized like I've, it's not so common that I've seen in Puerto Rico, but here they graduate from college and they like, they, that's it. Like they have a job, like they find jobs mm -hmm. or opportunities that for me is like triggering. It's like, what, you can do that? Cause in Puerto Rico, it's just, they, they don't like, they force you to say, okay, you gotta do something that gives you money, you know, like makes you mm -hmm. have a, a stable economic position, you know, like where you can, yeah, live and yeah. rely on your own, your own. So like, usually a lot of my friends after graduating from bachelor's degree, they go to math, like they go to like grad school or med school or whatnot. But here it's like I've seen that a lot of people are like yeah I'm just gonna graduate take a gap year and stay where I am and I was like that's really awesome that's really cool like you have the chance and the space to do it go for it you know yeah 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 I think that's that's a that's a fair point <laughs> right I don't know what yeah do you think? yeah no I think that's I agree with with everything that you said I think I I like that that's it's it's interesting that you say that. I think also it kind of depends on like whatever field you're in. Um, I would say like at least with like, I'll, I'll speak from physics. That's like the only true one that I can speak to. I was engineering for a while, so I guess they are different. Like engineering is very much like you go out into the into the real world and do stuff, <laughs> and then physics definitely like it. There's a culture of it funneling through. Like you have to go through the academic chain of doing whatever, and you can't do anything else. Um, wow. And so wow. I, I think there's a lot of fields that are kind of like out there, but yeah, no, I, I agree. There are a lot of like different fields that are like, I know lots of people who, who took a gap year somewhere and they went off and did something else and then they came back and did whatever. And I was like, that's, that's super cool that you're able to do that. And like, does it set you back or anything like that? Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. If it wasn't because of Mr. and I would have definitely been taking a gap year after I graduated from from my bachelor's because of everything that was going on. It's just too much. And giving me the opportunity of taking a breath, you know, taking mm -hmm. a breath and like, okay, wait. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough, you know, like, it's just like the hard, the real world, you know. <laughs> how did you end up like you say so you saw high school, like how long did, did that last? What do you like, mean? How did you... Oh, high school teaching, you mean? Yeah, high school teaching. <laughs> well, that was, I'm glad you asked, Brian, because <laughs> I, I honestly wanted to be a teacher since, since ever. Like, I put out my yearbook when I graduated as a senior, like, I'm going to discover cancer, work in the public health, <laughs> like public health or something. I said, I was like, I'm going to find the cure for cancer, 
uh, work in the public health field and whatnot and become a teacher and just like build my own school. I said something like that. The point is that mm -hmm. I always loved education, but it was super not like it was very discouraged um, growing up. Like every time I said, what, like then they asked, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And as a kid and I was like, I want to be a teacher. They're like, no, don't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no, honey. <laughs> And I, it always traumatized me. Like, I will never forget that an art teacher told me not to do it. And I'm just like, <laughs> so anyways, um, I got the opportunity because they had in the middle of the semester, something happened with one of the high school teachers in the, in the like school that I was, um, that I graduated in. So mm -hmm. I went back to my high my old high school as a teacher and it started off as a substitute for the extra cash. And of course, because I liked like doing it, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. heck yeah, let's go for it. And then the, there was like, hey, we need an extra teacher. We need an ASAP. It's going to be really hard to find an extra teacher in the middle of a semester because obviously, like, it's the middle of the semester. Yeah. And they told me like, hey, would you be interested in doing it? And I said, you know what? Let's go for it. Absolutely. I had no prior knowledge on, on like strict regulations of education, but I had a passion of sitting down with each student and like talking to them and learning and I learned with them. They learned with me. It was awesome. I ended up giving Spanish as a second language. I give, I ended up giving Spanish for ninth grade and 10th grade, public speaking, uh, AP psychology. Okay. I was like, well, let's get down to business. Like it's been insane. And, and I really loved it. I, I mean, I'm still, I, 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 still have like this beautiful special connection with my students, um, back in Puerto Rico and I still keep in touch with them. Um, yeah, you know, and I really loved being a teacher. It's just, I still, I feel like I need to grow as well, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. You had mentioned that a couple of times. I'm like, oh, I want to touch back on that. Cause <laughs> that seems like a significant <laughs> life event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I really did. And now with like the COVID and online teaching, it must be such a hard task. Like the process of, you know, for students and for teachers, you know, it's just, yeah. it's a dynamic. Other heroes, another cape, like yes. for real, like <laughs> they're other hidden superheroes for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine it's, it's very difficult to, because you don't really have like that person, like as much of an actual interaction or connection with someone. Yeah. And then, then you're on Zoom all day, every day. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know about you, but I got Zoom fatigued. Sometimes I just like to close my computer and like put it in a corner. And sometimes I get super skeptical if I leave like the camera, like without like closing the camera. I'm like, I don't know. I, I just mean, yeah. I'm like, maybe I'm accidentally like in a Zoom meeting. I don't know. I freak yeah. out. I freak out all the time. I'm just like, can they hear me? Oh, wait, I'm in mute. Like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Yes, I, I have the same same thoughts. So I'm like, I don't have anything open. There's no reason why it should be, but you're like, yeah, I'll just like cover up the camera. <laughs> okay, here I go. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, I know it's like that can't be the case because every time I actually am in a meeting, like in a meeting, like you said, I'm muted half the time. So I like I think I'm having a conversation with someone and <laughs> it happens to me though. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy it's just it's a whole different dynamic and what if the generation that grows it with this like if they exclusively grow with this they develop some sort of paranoia i'm just saying yeah. I'd be, I'd be just saying like look into it you know 
we'll see. I think we're already there. <laughs> Maybe, like honestly, it could be. It's just so crazy. I wonder, like, really how how the interactions with people is going to change. Because I'm already feeling it. I don't know about you, but when yeah. I see people without masks, I'm like, whoa, this is like, we're practically dining. Like if we're doing that, it's like you're sitting in a restaurant or mm -hmm. like, or it's like your parents, of course. I don't know. Like this depends on your situation, right? But like, it's weird. I don't know. It's like, yeah, to wear something like. Yeah. And it's like, it's very weird because when this all can't happen, like, okay, it more or less happened immediately like okay suddenly we have restrictions we have masks and we do this so like it was a very abrupt start but it's mm -hmm. not like it's going to be a very abrupt end like it's going mm -hmm. to like kind of fade out right like we'll Absolutely. get vaccines maybe they'll work and we'll do it in phases and everything so i think that's like very hard of when <laughs> like when will things be normal it's like oh i don't who knows? Like we may forget what normal is. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And at the beginning of COVID, it's just, it, it's so weird. It goes, it just shifts, you know, people's attitudes and like perception on, on COVID. Cause a lot of the people at the beginning thought it was a hoax. And at least in Puerto Rico, they were just not taking it seriously. They were hanging out yeah. in bars and you would see like videos and pictures of people just like hanging out and chilling when the case is starting to hit when the governor set rules till this day mm -hmm. he still has a curfew of 8 p.m that you're not supposed to go out oh. like wow. and i think there's a lasik i'm not sure sometimes it's on and off lasik means like a dry a dry law in english it mm -hmm. just means like you can't purchase alcohol um specific mm -hmm. times like during the night for example and now they're, they're taking it like super strict, you know, but I feel like it's kind of funny because you see a lot of people like super anxious and paranoid, of course, and they have every right to do it. But like, yeah. for example, gloves, right? They're wearing gloves. Mm -hmm. And I think this is coming from me because I worked at a lab. So like, okay, you're wearing gloves and they're touching everything, their eyes, mm -hmm. their ears, their purse. Yeah. Like, what, what's the point of you wearing the glove? You mm -hmm. feel protected mentally, probably like you feel like you're safer. But it's not really doing anything because you're just like mm -hmm. spreading everything out and you can't see it and i think that's something that i think people little by little have to like learn and educate which is great you know you use the social media to say hey wear a mask hey six feet hey do this mm -hmm. yeah it's really cool <laughs> <laughs> really what we need is like the, you know like the tooth like they make toothpaste for like kids are really you know like a different it's like a different color and they're like oh until it changes to white or something like that then like you still need to like that's what we really need like the virus to be like a different color or like washing our hands or something until like okay we're good now that's a really cool idea i love that because i think that'll help also like not only with covid but with other bacteria as well if you're handling some sort of I don't know, toxic chemical, whatever. Because yeah. yeah, we handle chemicals like bleach all the time. And I think people are probably not handling it the safest bet because there's no direct or automatic like sensation of burn unless you like literally like do some yeah. sort of, you know, <laughs> atrocious <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, unless yeah. it's like actively hurting you in the moment, it's very easy to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, because that was another thing in Puerto Rico. Now I'm really I'm proud that people are you know taking seriously the the you know the virus and all that stuff. But like 
that's the thing. Puerto Rico, Hispanics, like, oh my goodness, don't get me started on cleaning. They're like super clean, like extra, mm -hmm. extra clean. Like they like probably pass like, okay, first the dishwasher soap and then like bleach. And then after bleach, like some pine saw thing. And you, you, you just, it just hits you, you know, like, just like, wow. Like you, you definitely cleaned it. You sanitized it and it's just insane. But yeah, then it questions me that like, okay, well, what are the effects of you smelling and inhaling all of those chemicals after you like trying to clean the germs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm done with my rant, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, it's it's a good rant. <laughs> all right. Well, we're at about time. I don't want to like hold you over, but thank you for doing this. This was a delightful conversation. Yeah, thank you for reaching out. I actually had fun. I enjoyed talking, see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was great. Thank you for doing it. Absolutely. And I'll see you on Friday in our, our community workshop. Yep. Sounds yep. good. All right. Stay safe. Bye. You too. Bye. <laughs>